You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. I am in below Fort Ironwind, and I'm now searching for the second part of the Emblazoned Key. And when I've got all three parts of it, I'll be able to go down into the lower levels of Wagner's Mad. The ice-coated walls of the frigid cavern glisten and sparkle as you cautiously make your way through this frozen lair. So I started on the west side, in the middle, and I've been told to go east, so I will. There's a passage to the southwest, doesn't seem to be anything there. Okay, going to the northwest instead. There's quite a bit going on here, there's a question mark. You freeze in mid-step, and douse your light as a massive shape looms out of the darkness ahead. Only a few seconds, moments, seconds later, an Irago lumbers into view. Much to your dismay, the fearsome predator, a creature adept at stalking and slaying any prey bold or foolhardy enough to wander into its wintry domain, takes immediate notice of you, with its savage bellow echoing along the cave passage. The Uragol bounds forward and attacks, swiping out at you with his deadly claws. Here's an Uragol. Now we read the link, read the description of them in the previous episode, so I won't do that now. The massive creature swats at you with its clawed hands, and I finish it off with Battle Wage. 40 XP, you step back from the bloodied carcass and stare down the slain Argyll. Despite its savage appearance, there is, no, there is something oddly noble about the creature sprawled out before you on the cave floor. For a moment you find yourself almost sympathetic to the plight of any beast that has to carve out an existence in this remote, unforgiving corner of the world. Recalling Weglen's offer to pay for Irigo Hides, 
you put your woodmanship skills to use and quickly skin the fallen beast. I now have an Irrigal pelt, the thick white and grey pelt, flecked with patches of brown. It's from an Irrigal. Irrigal? Something like that anyway. After making certain that nothing else is lurking in the immediate area, you cautiously resume your exploration of the caves. Now there's quite a few of those pelts to gather here, so I'll be sure to do that. So, the northwest corner, there's something. A wide, jagged fissure in the wall to the north opens to the high, steep, snow-laden slope of Mount Caragon. The echo of the wind driving the blizzard that assails the broad ledge just outside this opening is deafening. While you realise this must be one of the cave mouths used by the Urugal that roam these frozen passages, attempting to make your way out through the opening and into the raging storm would be far too perilous. And also, pointless, there's no reason to go outside. Suddenly... You're startled by the sudden appearance of a large, hulking figure in the midst of the swirling snow. The imposing, vaguely humanoid silhouette stands only a few yards beyond the cave mouth, but it is obscured by the raging storm, making it impossible for you to clearly identify it. You stand still and silent, your eyes trained on the lurking figure. Wondering if perhaps whatever it is will attempt to enter the cave to escape the storm's wintry wrath. Despite the intensity of the blizzard, however, the figure does not budge. Then, as quickly as it disappeared, the eerie silhouette is gone. You wait for several minutes to see if the figure will return. When it does not, you decide to once again set off on your way. Alright, now going east, here's another Irrigal. I will go on, I will go on, something like that. Alright, I'm going to fight it. Swats it through its clawed hands, I go into battle rage. I'm going to take your skin! 40 XP. You step back from the bloody carcass and stare down at the slain Argo. Despite its savage appearance, there was something oddly noble about the creature sprawled out before you on the cave floor. For a moment, you find yourself almost sympathetic to the plight of any beast that's to carve out an existence in this remote, unforgiving corner of the world. Recalling Redleg's offer to pay for Argo hides, you put your woodmanship skills to use and quickly skin the fallen beast. That's my second Irrigal pelt. After making certain nothing else is lurking in the immediate area, you cautiously resume your exploration of the caves. Okay, I've went east a bit more. Here's another alcove. You step into a large rounded chamber at the end of the cave passage. A thick coating of ice covers the walls which glitter brilliantly as the glow of a dependable light source passes across them. You've just begun to take note of a large number of bones strewn across the floor when the sound of something large moving in the darkness overhead sends your pulse racing. You look up and stifle a horrified grasp 
as behold a gruesome sight rapidly descending out of the gloom. An ice worm! And there's a link here. Ice worm. These large silver-scaled serpents exist only in the coldest, most remote regions, reaching lengths of nearly 50 feet. Ice worms are capable of killing and devouring extremely large prey. The powerful, fang-filled jaws of these giant serpents inflict a fearsome, venomous bite that can freeze even large creatures. Ice worms are said to be as cold as the wintry domains they inhabit, so memo to yourself, do not lick the ice worm. You fall back and instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as the massive carnivore, a deadly serpentine predator that scours the wintry regions of the world in search of prey to sate its voracious appetite, drops down out of the darks above and attacks the silver-scaled serpent. Swiftly encircles you with its frigid bulk, cutting off any chance of escape as it stretches wide its fang-filled jaws and prepares to strike. Alright, time to bring down the ice worm. The ice worm snaps at you with its massive jaws, and I go into battle rage. There's enough cold in here without your help. Keep snapping with those massive jaws. It's nearly done, and another battle wage finishes it off. Alright, 40 XP. You step back from the oozing carcass of the ice worm and wipe away the sweat, stream, sweat streaming down your brow. In the wake of the massive serpent's demise, a strange, almost eerie quiet fills the chamber. The oozing carcass of, of the ice worm dominates the centre of this large, rounded chamber. Already, the great serpent's body has begun to freeze solid. A large number of bones lie strewn across the floor of this chamber. You can only surmise they are the remains of some of the ice worm's past meals. Might as well search these bones. You're surprised to find that many of the bones littering the floor of this chamber are those of mountain goblins. I wonder why goblins, even mountain goblins, would choose to visit such an inhospitable region when you spot something at your feet. Beneath a fanged, punctured Hugh goblin skull, you discover a small triangular piece of stone that bears a curious engraving. Stone square half view. This small triangular piece of stone is obviously half of a larger square piece. Half of an engraving of a blazing sun adorns the flat surface of the stone. Certain you haven't overlooked anything, you abandon your search and prepare to set off on your way. Hmm. I assume the other half will be there. Will be there somewhere. Okay, keep going east. Now let's try out the southern part side. The half-frozen remains of a bearded man lie slumped against the east wall in this section of the cave passage. A quick examination of the remains of this unfortunate soul reveals no signs of violence or any other clues that might disclose how he perished. Search 
the body anyway. Make a quick search of the frozen body and discover, apart from layers of ice-coated attire, attire, a dagger and a silver moon amulet. View this dagger. It's superior quality, so it will sell. But other than that, it's, it's a generic weapon. The instant you take hold of the amulet, a deep chill runs through you. The unpleasant sensation rapidly subsides and does not return. Silver Moon Amulet. Stanima points plus two, luck plus one. This thin amulet, made out of hammered silver, is shaped like a crescent moon. Discover this amulet on the neck of the frozen body of a man in, in the caves beneath Fort Iron Wind. Covenant, you haven't overlooked anything. Overlooked anything, you step away from the body and prepare to continue on your way. Alright. What else is there? You freeze in mid-step. And douse your light as a massive shape looms out of the darkness ahead. Only a few seconds later, an Aragol lumbers into view. Much to dismay, the fearsome predator, a creature adept at stalking and slaying any prey bold or foolhardy, enough to wander its, into its wintry domain, takes immediate notice of you. The Aragol unleashes a savage bellow as it stomps, stomps towards you along the cave passage. It's an item I could use. It's, it's that wad of some sort that I got last time. No, no. Wad of flame. Yep, yeah, that's the one. Use it. You draw out the wad of flame and hold it out towards the other girl. A thin blue flame appears at the tip of the copper wad. What? It's dazzling light emitted by a thick, small... The dazzling light emitted by the small flame bathes this entire section of the cave passage in a flickering blue glow. Glow. With a defiant snort, the Argo turns its gaze from the flame. The creature's eyes widen until the great black oars perfectly reflect the dancing figure of blue fire. To stamping its feet several times, the savage beast turns and moves off in the opposite direction swiftly vanishing into the frigid gloom. When you're certain that the Urugo is gone, you withdraw the wad and tuck it back in amongst your other belongings, making certain to leave it within easy reach. After making certain that nothing else is lurking in the immediate area, you cautiously resume your exploration of the caves. Alright. Just filling. All right, there's something just a bit southeast of the entrance. Thick iron plates has been fastened to the back wall of this narrow alcove, just off the cave passage you've been following. The centre of the iron plate is a small square impression. I guess once I've got the other half of that square, I'll put it in there. There's an item you can use, but not yet. Alright, just filling in the dungeon. Alright. Suddenly, a sharp splintering sound from somewhere far overhead serves as your first and only warning of the deadly torrent of ice about to rain down on 
into the cave passage. Use fortification, shadow magic, or elementalism, or I could just dive clear. I'll use shadow magic. It failed. Well, that sucks. The war, the war of the ice as it crashed down into the corridor is deafening. You struggle to shield yourself, but end up struck by several large pieces and are subsequently buried beneath, beneath a frozen heap. 23 damage, Bat scraped and battered, but still alive. You claw your way out from beneath the ice that covers you and stand unsteadily in the centre of the passage. Thankful to survive the deadly barrage, you make a thorough check of your gear before once again setting off through the caves. Alright. Oh! Ice is falling again. Okay, I'll give fortification a go this time. It succeeded. 16 XP to fortification. You call upon your power of fortification, and without a second to spare, a wide, dazzling field of orange sparkles appears directly above you. The plummeting chunks of, of ice slam into your magical shield and shatter upon impact, scattering their small, harmless shards throughout the passage. Thankful to have survived the deadly barrage of ice, you quickly check over your equipment before once again setting off through the caves. Alright. There's two there's two things along the northern side, so I'll go investigate them. You're standing on the eastern edge of a wide, fathomless chasm that divides the cave passage. The broad, jagged fissure, perhaps 50 feet across, has no visible bottom. A narrow wooden bridge, little more than three lengthy planks bound together by thick ropes, perilously spans the chasm. On the far side of the chasm, the passage continues to the west. Now, I could just cross the gate, go back east, or I could use gating. I'll give gating a shot. The use of gating has succeeded. 32 experience to gating. You channel your power of gating and a swirling black portal opens silently to your right. Wasting no time, you step into the magical gate, only to emerge from a second portal a moment later on, on the opposite side of the chasm. Okay, and you can, and I'm on the other side and I can gate my way back. No, you, no, you can, you apparently. Struggling to maintain your balance, you attempt to cross the remainder of the narrow, perilous span. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from woodmanship, 20 from agility, 10 from body, 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more. Pick now. 83 success. You breathe a sigh of relief as you step off the wooden bridge and onto the firm, icy floor of the cave on the opposite side of the chasm. Okay, there was no reason for me to do that. You freeze in mid-step and douse your light as a massive shape looms out in the darkness ahead. Only a few seconds later, an hour ago lumbers into view. Thankfully, the fearsome predator, a creature adept at stalking and slaying any prey bold or foolhardy enough to wander into its wintry domain, has not yet taken notice of you. 
I could use it. I could use that word of flame to scare it off. But I want your hide. So I will attack the Aragal. You boldly advance upon the lumbering Aragal, hoping that you'll be able to get close enough to strike before being noticed. You're within only a few yards of the hulking, fur-covered creature. When the hulking, fur-covered creature turns and looks in your direction, with a fearsome bellow that echoes throughout the caves, the Aragal bounds forward and attacks, swiping out at you with his massive, clawed hands. Here we go. The massive creature swats at you with his clawed hands. Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 32 damage. And then another devastating blow for 33 damage. And another one for 23 damage. And then 25 damage. Stop with the devastating blows already. I'll have your hide for that. Although I was going to have your hide anyway. 39 XP. And I get another pelt. I said I'll have your hide. And now I do. Okay. There was no reason to keep going back and forth across that chasm. Because you can easily go round it. Alright, there was the frozen person. Okay. Here's another Aragal. I could... I, what happens if I remain still? You press yourself up against the ice-covered wall, praying you won't be spotted. Although I don't particularly care either way. Bonus of picking a number, bonus of 30. 20 for woodmanship, 10 from luck. Got to get 50 or more, or I get spotted and presumably have to then fight to the death. Not my death, of course, but still. Pick now. 72, success. Remain perfectly still, watching the hulking Aragal as it lumbers off along the cave passage and eventually vanishes into the frigid gloom. Thankful to have avoided an encounter with the deadly mountain denizen, you wait until you're absolutely certain it is gone before once again setting off on your way. Okay, going a bit more east. Here's, an alco here's a passage to the south. The half-frozen remains of a chain-clad woman lie swamped against the south wall in this section of the cave passage. A quick examination of the remains of this unfortunate soul show no signs of violence or any other clues that might disclose how she perished. Search the body anyway. Make a quick search of the frozen body and discover, apart from layers of ice-coated attire, which is Ruiz now, of course, an axe and a silver moon wing. The axe is a generic well-crafted axe. The instant you take hold of the wing, a deep chill runs through you. The unpleasant sensation rapidly subsides and does not return. Silver moon wing. One melee waiting, one's two stamina points, one luck. This thick band, made out of hammered silver, bears an engraving of an impresent moon upon its broad, flat face. You discover this wing on the finger of a frozen body of a woman in the caves beneath Fort Ironwind. 
Confident you haven't overlooked anything, you step away from the body and prepare to continue on your way. Alright. Okay, going north from there. Ice crack. There's a crack and a snap and ice is falling on my head. Block it with elementalism. 16x speed to elementalism. Without a sec second to spare, you manage to channel and focus your power of elementalism on the falling chunks of ice. The instant your magic goes to work, the jagged pieces hurling down from above melt into icy water that splashes down harmlessly around you. Thankful to have survived the deadly barrage of ice. But admittedly, I am soaked now, so that, that's still bad. That is still bad. I guess I could just use my use my mastery of elementalism to 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 you know dry myself off. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. Thankful to have survived the deadly barrage of ice, you quickly check over your equipment before once again setting off through the caves. All right, here's another Algoral. Just gonna bash it to pieces and take its hide. Yes, even though it's not done anything to me at all. It's done quite a few of those devastating blows. And it is now slain. 40 XP and another pelt. How many have I got now? Four. I have four pelts now. Now, I think, if I remember from last time, there are seven pelts to find. So we're getting close to the end of them. And in a northeast corner, but not the northeast corner, just a bit three short of that, the half-frozen remains of a man in leather armour lie slumped against the north wall in this section of the icy cave passage. A quick examination of the remains of this unfortunate soul reveal no signs of violence or any other clues that might disclose how he perished. Search the body. Make a quick search the frozen body and discover, apart from layers of ice-coated attire, a short sword and a small cloth pouch. It's a generic short sword and it's well crafted. You pick up the small cloth pouch and are surprised to find it contains a small quantity of gold and a few adventurer tokens. 14 gold and 5 adventurer tokens. Confident you haven't overlooked anything, you step away from the body and prepare to continue on your way. Alright, that was a nice find. Okay, every AT counts. Here's another hour girl. Just going to attack it. I could have not attacked it, but I want its hide. So I can keep, so people can stay toasty warm. 40 XP, and my fifth pelt. Don't know how I'm carrying them all, but I guess that's just an adventurer thing. Okay. Let's get our way all the way to the east now. Alright, I have to go to the southeast corner and then go north. A sharp, splintering sound from somewhere overhead serves as your first 
and only warning of the deadly torrent of ice about to weigh down onto the cave passage. Okay, I've used for... Right. I, no, I haven't successfully used Shadow Magic, so I'll give that a go. Succeeded. 16 XP to Shadow Magic. You channel your power of Shadow Magic, and a single eerie whisper slips in among your thoughts as two broad lengths of gloom peel away from the icy cave wall. Moving almost faster than your eyes can discern, bands of shadow weave themselves into a wide web that stretches across the corridor, just above your head. The plummeting chunks of ice are instantly snared by the shadowy barrier. Thankful to have survived the deadly barrage of ice, you quickly check over your equipment, for once again setting off through the caves. Alright. Here's another Uragal. Just gonna bash it. Gotta give it a bash, 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 bash. Devastating blow. And another one. 23 damage from that one. It's nearly down. And it is slain. Yep, yeah, it's something oddly noble about it. But then, but then I skin it. Okay, six pelts now. Just gonna heal myself up from that fight before making my way to the very eastern part. Here's another hour go. Okay, attack it. Begin combat. Swats at you with its clawed hands. And 40 XP for that. And my seventh, and I think final pelt. Alright, ice tumbles down. Uh, fortification, I guess. Field of orange sparkles appears directly above you. The plummeting chunks of ice slam into your magical shield and shatter upon impact, scattering their small, harmless shards throughout the passage. Thankful to survive the deadly barrage of ice, you quickly check over the equipment before once again setting off through the caves. Okay. Alright, getting close to the corner. Here it is. Most northeastern corner. You're standing in a small round chamber at the end of a long, winding cave, icy cave passage. A massive, natural pillar of stone stands towards the back of the chamber, stretching out of sight into the dense gloom above. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the black symbol adorning the base of the soaring column. The mark emblazoned upon the symbol, upon the pillar, depicts a lo the lower third of a tackerback. It's one of the three pieces of the emblazoned key. Thick coating of ice covers the marking. The ice appears impervious to any attempt to remove it. Your heart nearly skips a beat when you suddenly realise you're not alone here. Almost invisible, crouched in the shadows that shroud the base of the pillar, a young man clad in furs appears to be intently studying the symbol emblazed upon the column. Completely enveloped in this endeavour, he hasn't yet taken notice of you. Hmm. Who could it be? Who could it be? Presumably someone who works for... Someone who doesn't 
Want me to get to the bottom of the man? Yeah, so it could be Woundskin, could be Glenorus. There's other options. You watch with growing interest as the greenish glow animates from the young man's hand. He holds his glowing hands up towards the symbol and mutters several words in a strange foreign tongue. S suddenly, somehow alerted to your presence, he withdraws his hand and springs to his feet, spinning to face you. His dark eyes widen in horror as his frightened gaze falls upon you. Please forgive me, he stammers. Backing away from the pillar. I do not mean to cross you. Please, I will go. You shouldn't be here. Please. While it is easier to see that just someone's sudden appearance of so unnerved him, you sense he is firmly in the grip of some far greater terror. I don't know, Woundskin perhaps? He's pretty terrifying. Use divination first. Your use of divination has succeeded. 16x speed to divination. You clearly sense that the young man is terrified. While you sense he's afraid of you, you can't, you can't help but feel there is something else. Something less obvious and far more sinister, fueling his terror. Uh, I'll question him, I guess. You question the young man, determined to find out what he's doing here, and why he's attempting to acquire the symbol emblazoned upon the pillar. Hmm. I mean, is are, are these... Are these... Symbols single use. Because if they're single use, then he's not allowed to succeed. Alright, picking up a bonus of 60. 20 from diplomacy, 20 from mine, 10 for more, 10 from spirit. Gotta get 75 or more. And he'll spill something. Pick now. 93 success. 32 experience to diplomacy. For, reluctantly, for initially reluctant to give you any useful in information, your relentless interrogation eventually wears down his will, and he, embark he embarks upon what turns out to be an interesting and chilling narrative. You learn that he came to Mount Karagan in search of the, these very caves and the symbol emblazoned upon the stone pillar. His instructions were to obtain the symbol, using an ancient spell provided to him by his elder. When you inquire about the identity of his elder, he immediately becomes agitated and refuses to reveal a name. Please, you cannot know what it is I find myself under, he says, his voice quavering. I've already failed, that is plain enough. I've already earned the wrath of my superiors. Please, you must let me go. I know who you are. Believe me when I tell you. I seek no quarrel with you. I'll leave the symbol to you. You make several attempts to coach the old man into revealing the identities of his elder or his superiors, but he steadfastly refuses. It's easy to see he's terrified of both you and those to whom he alluded. Despite this, you have little doubt the young man, using words common amongst... Mages belonging to the Grey Circle is a member of that powerful and influential brotherhood. Okay, I think he's probably working for the Glenoris. Even if he doesn't know it. Please, I need to leave at once, he pleads. I'll be in great danger if I linger here. And so 
so too will you be. Please, I must go. The young maid trembles as he awaits your response to his plea. So I can either allow him to leave or I can attack him. I get Okay, he hasn't actually threatened me in any way. And he's not try he didn't try to get the he's not threatening the key. And he's told all that he can. I've, there's no reason for me to kill him. Admittedly, yes, he would tell his superiors I've been here, but they could probably infer that when he doesn't come back with the key. Allow, I'm allowing him to leave. Taking pity on the young man, you tell him he's free to leave. He seems grateful and mumbles something to that effect. The Ustensi is firmly, still firmly in the grip of some unspoken terror. Suddenly, the sharp crackle of energy, coupled with the unmistakable odour of burning ozone, fills the icy passage. You spin around to face a stone pillar, just in time to witness a sight both unexpected and terrible. Dazzling blue glow of the energy wind portal illuminates the end of the passage there, sunk to his knees, Trembling uncontrollably before the magical gate is the young fur-clad ma fur clad mage. The young spellcaster seems, seems to be tempted to speak. The words emerge from his glib quivering lips as little more than unintelligible glibbering. Already beset with what appears to be dire fear, his eyes widen and he, and he gasps loudly as the frail, shadowy figure of a man clad in a in a hooded tunic, steps through the portal and into the corridor. For you cannot see the face this new arrival. There is something undeniably familiar about the old, the unknown man. Now, levering his outstretched hand at the cowering mage, the sound of a single word, spoken softly in a strange glottal tongue, washes along the passage like the passing of a stiff wind. In the next inst in instant, the old maze crumples into a heap on the icy floor at the base of the pillar. He does not move again. Without glancing in your direction, hooded man, his back suddenly bent, as if, he's as if he's burdened by some great pressing upon his narrow shoulders, retreats into the inky, inky core of the portal and vanishes. The magical gate immediately closes plunging the end of the corridor into darkness. You quickly make your way over to the body of the slain mage. Oh, I think he was doomed. He was doomed from the start. You gaze down the body of the young mage and find his face is frozen in the same terrified expression it bore at the moment of his gruesome demise. A quick search for his belongings. A quick ser search for his belongings turns up the following: a grey owl pendant, view one Neville point, one Stenora point, three Neville reserve, one Aura. The the small grey wooden pendant is carved in the likeness of a perched owl. The tunic of starlight, view. Fourteen Stanima points. That's pretty impressive. That's le less than my current equipment. But if I hadn't gone 
gone for the dragon wing breastplate when I was doing the haunting in Dernsturg. That would prob that may well be that would probably be my the best the best torso armor I can get. To aura, to mind, to spirit. Thin strands of pure silver unite the seams of this blue cloth tunic. When viewed from certain angles, the faint star patterns seem to emerge. Faint star patterns seem to emerge from the dark fabric. And then there's an iron wad. View just a regular wad. This weapon is of well-crafted quality. And then stone amulet half. This small triangular piece of stone is obviously half of a larger square piece. Stone square half. Half of half an engraving of a sun adorns the flat surface of the, of the stone. Okay, I've got two halves, so now I have a hole. You immediately recognise the stone to be another half of the piece you already have in your possession. When you completed your search, you fold your arms across his chest and gently close his eyes before stepping back from his lifeless body. Okay. You're standing in a small round chamber at the edge of a long, winding, icy passage. A massive pillar, massive natural pillar of stone stands towards the back of the chamber. Stretching out of sight into the dense gloom above. Next to the pillow is the body of the slain mage. The young man's face is still frozen, a horrific expression adopted at the moment of his death, though thankfully his eerie, lifeless gaze is now hidden behind closed eyelids. You turn your gaze from the mage's remains to the black symbol adorning the base of the towering column. The mark emblazoned upon the pillar depicts the lower third of a tackerback. It's one of the three pieces of the emblazoned key. A thick coating of ice covers the marking. The ice appears impervious to any attempt to remove it. Okay, it's ice, so a hammer of icy waff, I guess. You hold up hammer of icy waff and its broad, frost-covered head. Head at the symbol emblazoned on the stone pillar. The ancient weapon trembles violently as a powerful surge of energy surges along its sturdy staff, passing through your arm and into your body. The jarring, disorientating sensation leads you breathless and weakly, forcing you to lower the hammer and sink to one knee as you struggle to regain your bearings. When at last your head clears, you stare up at the soaring pillar and discover much to dismay. The image of the tackback beneath the thick coating of ice still adorns the column. Okay. Okay, oh, bit south, here's something. Suddenly, without warning, a deafening rumble rolls along the corridor as a massive wall of ice and stone to the west suddenly collapses. A new passage, previously concealed behind a wall of ice, heads west from here. So that allows me to take a little bit of a shortcut. Okay, here's another Ira girl. I'm going to fight it. Do I get another pelt from this? Oh, I've got eight now. Hmm. Okay. Let me just 
Does that get me any more? I'll have to check. Okay, apparently there are nine hour ago hiding here somewhere. So let's get to that little square enclosure. No, no, that's not that's not the square old thingy. That's the frozen woman. Who I already who I've already investigated. Okay, now here's the centre of this iron plate is small square impression. Use the stone square half. You snap both the stone square halves into the impression at the centre of the iron plate. 64 XP to general. The engraved sun that spans both halves of the stone square suddenly flares, flooding the alcove with a rich golden light. As quickly as it appears, however, the light fades, revealing an empty socket in the centre of the iron plate. With both your triangular stone pieces now gone, you step back from the wall of the alcove. That's probably done something, somewhere, somehow, in some way. Okay, now, here's another hour girl, just going to quick combat it. 40 XP. And another Iowa girl pelt. Is that all of them? Yes, we'll see. Okay, now use the hammer of icy wrath. 256 experience to general. You hold up the hammer of icy wrath and level its broad, frost covered head at the symbol emblazoned on the stone pillar. The ancient Wemble. Weapon trembles violently as a powerful surge of energy rages along its sturdy haft, passing through your arm and into your body. The jarring, disorientating sensation leaves you breathless and reeling, forcing you to lower the hammer and sink to one knee as you struggle to regain your bearings. When at last your head clears, you stare up at the soaring pillar and discover that the image of the tackerback is now gone. Before drawing your next breath, you examine your left wrist. The, the marking from the pillar, the lower third of the pattern attacker back, is now emblazoned upon your flesh. Yay! Suddenly, a bright silver light suddenly floods the corridor. Before you can even attempt to shield your eyes from the dazzling glow, the light vanishes. In its place, standing before the stone pillar that bore the emblazoned mark, is the ghostly silhouette of a hooded woman. For her shimmering face reveals no distinguishing features, her soft, clear voice is strangely familiar to you. I found... I found... I found this part last of all, she says, her form slowly becoming less distinct. Do you remember me? We met not long ago. At least I... At least so I think it was. Find the third part of the key and hurry. You and I will be together before the end. The terrible, lurking, inescapable end. Hurry, I'm almost through to the lowest gate. Gonna need your help. Time is short. But there should still be enough to do what only we can. Wait. Wait, so... At the bottom of the mad... We get to meet. 
we get this this huge Avengers Assemble moment where people where the gravest heroes of doubt of several worlds all gather together to presumably kick a lot of ass and defeat the ultimate evil. The glittering apparition dis- dissipates into a cloud of sparkles that swiftly quickly fade, leaving you alone in the icy darkness at the end of the winding passage. Within moments of the apparition's disappearance, you place the voice of that of Nalisla, a woman whose image you encountered deep within the labyrinth. Nalisla had indicated to you that she too was exploring the maze, but in a different time and place. You clearly recall your first encounter with her. You clear you recall your first encounter with Nalisla on level thirty-four of Wagner's Labyrinth. The unmistakable sound of a single soft footfall from somewhere to your white snaps your head in that direction. There, snapping out of the deep gloom that hugs the edge of the passage, is a diminutive, hooded figure. You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as you call out to the shadowy figure, hoping to discover its intentions. The figure immediately bows and then holds up his hands as if to signify that no harm is meant by the sudden intrusion. You're right to be wary, issues the soft, clear voice of a woman from beneath the overhanging hood. But you need not fear, and I needn't fear he- fear he- needn't either. We're not really in the same place. Let me show you. The hooded woman stoops down to pick up a piece of stone on the floor, he watches her hand, which appears real, passes directly through the small rock. She stands back up and uncurls the fingers of her white hand, revealing the very stone that still sits on the floor at her feet. I can't directly affect anything in your version of the labyrinth, he says, pocketing the stone. Likewise, you can't affect anything in mine, which is to be preferred, preferred of course. After all, I've grown to like this place. As much as one might ever be expected to bear faultless for a gloomy old spot like this. Yes, gloomy. That's certainly the right word for it. You ask the woman to elaborate on what she just told you. Anyone entering this place, or what, and there aren't a lot of us, mind you, gets their very own maze. Then, wait a minute, then how? Forget our own maze. Then how did I meet up with Cortel? Shouldn't be shouldn't she be in her own maze when she came down? She says, Nothing you do in yours or I do in mine has any effect on anyone else exploring here. It's all part of the magic of this place. This wonderful, forsaken, deadly place. Well, we can both be proud of ourselves. At least we're still alive. There's more that can be said for most who wander in here. You ask the woman her name and how it is she's able to appear before you in your version of the maze. You'll find the answer to your second question on level 51, she says. As for my name, I'm Nalisla. Although Nar is what I'm accustomed to being called. And what I prefer. Vastly prefer. Can you imagine having a name that both starts and ends with Narl? 
It's really just a bit, a bit too much. You're Zupoi. Well met. How did I know your name? Well, I know you want to ask. Do you find find that on level fifty-one too? Of course. Before you get that far, you got to deal with those two nasties you had to leave behind. You will, but not just yet. You've almost got everything you need. Jarred back to the presence by the sound of something large moving along the icy cave passage, you turn from the pillar and strain your eyes against the frigid gloom to the west. You wait for nearly a minute, watching and listening intently for any sign of movement in the corridor. At last, satisfied you are alone and elated to have another piece of the emblazoned key adorning your wrist. You check over your gear and prepare to make your way out of the caves. Okay, yeah, okay. Now let's get to the Let's get back to Fort Ironwind. It's a lot less cold. And there's Winterside to drink. And presumably some way to portal out of here. Okay, I've got near to the exit and something has turned up suddenly without warning it's limbering it's lumbering movement producing barely a whisper the glowing silhouette of an irregard appears out of the darkness ahead as the towering creature steps into your pool of light the blue aura surrounding its immense frame suddenly intensified moving silently the glowing beasts head swiftly towards you as you draw yourself into a defensive stance you're dismayed to see four more of the glowing creatures emerging from the gloom. The first of the glowing Urgoral. Its movement, strangely silent, bounds forward and attacks, swiping at you with its deadly claws. It's an Urgoral. The glowing Urgoral swats at you with its clawed hands. I can only assume that these Urgoral have been both mind-controlled and strengthened by presumably that that wizard that just murdered someone. I mean, that's the number one suspect. Your enemy smashes through your defences with devastating blow. 26 damage there. Going to battle rage. And it is slain. 40 XP. The glowing hourglass collapses into a heap on the icy floor of the cave passage. Before you can catch your breath, the next of the savage creatures is upon you. I will go two of five. Swatted you with its clawed hands. Devastating blow, devastating blow, devastating blow. Okay. Fortunately, I can heal between combat, so that makes this a lot easier. Here's the third one. Devastating blow, 24 damage. Devastating blow, 22 damage. And it is slain. Another 40 XP. Let's quick combat that one. You bravely engage the last of the glowing Argoral. Number 5 of 5. Swats at you with his clawed hands. And it is slain. 40 XP. Collapses. 128 experience to general. The glowing carcasses of find 5 Argoral. Quiver for several moments before rapidly dissolving into bubbling silver puddles. The shallow pools of shimmering liquid then swiftly evaporate, 
their misty remains rising into the icy air in thin, eddying streams of blue of blue vapour. Still puzzled by the strange encounter, you're almost certain the glowing creatures were magically summoned against you. You prepare to resume your trek out of the cave. Okay, were these really ever our girl? Or are they just uh, magical thingies? Okay, I've been everywhere. I've slain all my Iowa girl. Let's get out of here. Wrap against this iron door to get out. You rap loudly against the cold, pitted surface of the iron door. The resulting echoes carry along to the east, quickly fading to dim whispers before disappearing into the still, frigid gloom of the cave. To nearly a minute, it appears your knocking has gone unanswered. <gasps> oh, that's bad. That is bad. There's supposed to be someone there! You said there'd be someone there! Have they been attacked? Is that how, is that how it happened? They've been attacked. I'm going to have to go out of the cave and go round. At least I've got lots of Iron Girl pelts to keep me warm. Suddenly. A lot. A loud groan reverberates along the sloping passage as the massive door swings open. There, standing in the stone corridor on the other side of the formidable barrier, is a man clad in a full suit of armour made from the thick, furry hide of an aragol. He smiles and promptly ushers you into Fort Iron Wind's deepest hall. Ah, it's probably just going to the toilet. Which takes a while when you're in the frozen north. <laughs> Frozen East in this case, because you've got to you've got to navigate through about twenty layers of trousers, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Presumably, you've got to have put some sort of like some sort of brazier so it doesn't freeze on the way out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how how you do that. Because you don't want it to fall off from frostbite. When he asks if you'll be returning to the caves, you shake your head. He nods and immediately closes the door, sealing off the little-known entrance to the, into the ancient fortress. The chief will want to see you straight away. The chief, of course, is Redleg. He's, he's been a bit worried since you've left. Seeing you back in one piece should help him to wheel it. To relieve his mind. Come then. Let's get you warmed up. Within the hour. You're once again seated before the crackling blaze. Filling the deeply recessed fireplace. In the cavernous hall. That dominates much. Of Fort Ironwind's first level. Redleg. Occupying the chair on the opposite side of the hearth. Smiles and nods. As you conclude a second telling. Of your adventure in the caves beneath the fortress. Sorcerers, Aragol portals, he says, shaking his head. I'm beginning to think that putting up that iron door is the best thing I've done since we took up residence in an old place. You ought to see if I can't have an enchantment or two placed upon it. Ah, but that is a matter for another time. And of course, of course, of no concern to you. 
I'm certainly glad you made it from those caves safe and sound. Wakeleg asks to see the mark adjoining your wrist. You present the nearly completed symbol to the legendary brigand, and he examines for several moments before nodding. I would ask that you stay in Dinewood, he says. They're obviously pressing affairs. One in particular must command your attention. Another time, perhaps? You're always welcome here, Soup. For Ironwind, old Ironwind might not be the easiest spot to reach, but that's all part of its charm, to which I'm sure you can attest. Wegleg rises and suddenly asks if you manage to acquire any Aragal pulse while making your way through the caves. Will you tell him that you have some pelts? He immediately offers to buy them from you. I'll give you some adventurer tokens for what you've got, he says. We make good use of these skins up here. Adventurer tokens? Of course I'm going to sell you my pelts. Agree to sell your pelts to Wedleg. You had Wedleg your, your Ogil pelts, and the bandit chiefs gives you a small pouch containing seven adventurer tokens. Capes, caps, boots, mittens, blankets, he says, placing the pelts on the floor next to his chair. The furry hide of an Irigar is good for any number of uses up here. I appreciate it, Zoop. I hope that you enjoy those tokens. I've never seen any use for them myself, but I do know they're coveted among adventurers. I may, I may have had one or two adventures in my life, Nice, but advent, but adventurer is one title. Title I cannot claim. Yeah, I'm sure you could if you wanted. It's, it's pity. Vicko's doing a doing a big epic quest together. That sounds like a lot of fun. You speak with Wedgleg at length and find yourself repeatedly startled by his knowledge of recent affairs from across the realms. Gradually, he swings his conversation around to more immediate matters. You'll need to go after Scavenger, of course, he says. He won't be easy to find. Even if we even if we have an idea about why he might be heading out. And should you find him, he won't be easy to catch. In fact, it's likely he'll find you before you find me. And believe and, and you need to believe me when I tell you this. You don't to be found by Jibrick Ardmore. Wegleg tells you, though you well, well know yourself, that Scavenger is either headed to the caves of Barrow Oak to somehow acquire the symbol. Symbol said to west somewhere within those perilous depths, or is providing the location of the symbol to some unknown, in dis, some known, some unknown interested party. You realise that either outcome could easily prove disastrous for you. If he's headed for the case himself, you might find him in Quillbog, says Wegleb. I've known Jebek to have business in that town. That was years ago. But it bears mentioning, though. The folk in, Quir- in Quillbog aren't particularly fond of outsiders, which of course makes it a somewhat useful place to stay, to stay when you don't want to be found. There's a link for Quillbog. 
nestled beneath between the southern edge of the great Serbian forest and the perilous mire known as Belsong Slap. The town of Quilbog is described by many who chanced to visit it as a strange and unwelcoming sort of place, filled with an odd, odd assortment of unfriendly characters. As the tales of travellers are subject to whims of those who tell and we tell them, it is likely the inhabitants of Quilbog, like the inhabitants of any other remote settlement on the edge of the wild, are necessarily wary and suspicious of outsiders. I don't, I don't know what your next move should be, said Redleg, running his fingers through his tangled beard, beard, but it's hardly for me to say, serving only what I can from afar, and likely misinterpreting much of what has passed my way. It's a difficult thing to figure, Bandit Chief laughs. Well, I have to assume that your most pressing desire is to leave this little, this icy little haven of ours, he says. I'm sure Amelit Har is eager for you to return. When you next see her, remind her not to forget about us. Way up here in Ironwind. I may no longer subscribe to all the old ways, but I still consider her a valuable ally. More than that, a dear friend. And, and, and oh, should he find you back? Well, maybe break one of his fingers for me. And then wish him luck with whatever he's got himself tangled up with. That's a complicated relationship. You follow Wegleg out of the chamber into a smaller room at the southern end of the cop fortress's main corridor. There, he directs your attention to a triangle formed at the centre of the floor by three small rounded stones. You recognise the formation as being nearly identical to the one by which Emlet Haler opened the portal and brought you here. The bandit chief steps steps towards a triangle of stones and empties a small pouch of sand onto the floor in the centre of the formation. Looks familiar? Redcliffe turns to him and smiles. It's something. Maybe the single honest thing I've ever enjoyed learning. Comes in fairly handy now and again, particularly in my former profession. Emmett Howard's portal may still be open the mountain. But I think you and I would both prefer to avoid the Karagon's bite. Go on now. Stepping onto that triangle will take you back to the more civilised realm. Don't worry. Unlike the mass, those intentions shouldn't be doubted. Those accuracy these for once. I don't ever miss my mark. Regleg steps to the left of the triangle of stones and mentions for you to approach. As you comply with the friendly directive, he reaches out, reaches out and meets you in a shoulder cross. Things are afoot, or so I'm left to believe, and every last one of them bent against you, he says, his relaxed, gentle demeanour, strangely reassuring. I've lived my entire life under similar circumstances, and, if pressed to admit it, I wouldn't have it any other way. I've no doubt you'll see to it that what needs to be done is done. I wish you luck, though I think we might all might all all do well with a bit of that. You bid farewell to Wedleg and thank him. The bandit leader, clad in his crimson hued armour, 
nods and salutes you with a final wave as you place your white foot onto the pile of sand in the centre of the Awain stones. As before, in the clearing outside High Meadow, the ground... As before, in the clearing outside High Meadow, the ground beneath you quivers and a white light erupts from the floor, biting you with its flash as it floods the dimly lit chamber. Then, with your next breath, your surroundings melt away and you're left tumbling headlong through a cold, silent void. Zoop! Zoop! The gentle voice in your white hair startles you awake. Your eyes fall open and there, hovering over you, is the face of Emlet Haler. The old woman, her tangled golden locks hanging down, almost low enough to brush against your, ba- your brow, draws away and rises to her feet. She quickly offers you her hand as you endeavour to regain your footing. After steadying yourself, you take note of your surroundings. You're standing on the southern edge of a clearing, out of which you were originally gated. About 200 feet, feet from the Triangle of Stones. Whew, that is close. Regleg takes great pride in his mastery of our strange little art. He says, referring to the method of gating magic both he and the bandit chief employ. Boy, but I'm afraid he takes no notice of his inaccuracy. Still, he's within a hundred yards this time. Not by any stretch his worst result. It's all just as well. The portal I, I opened closed on its own just a few minutes back. Well, it's a relief to have you back. Emmett Harder was elated when he revealed to her the newly completed emblazoned mark upon adorning your left wrist. But the emotion is, temply, is promptly tempered by the news of Scavenger's theft, the map leading up to the final piece of the key. So the last piece lies somewhere in the caves of Mawamog? She asks. Can't imagine Jebrick venturing into those caves. Doesn't have the stomach for that sort of thing. At least not that I've ever known. It's also likely he doesn't have the means to survive the poisonous air. But he does always seem to lay his nimble fingers on whatever he needs. And use it at the precise moment he needs it. No, but I'll certainly sell it to someone, so I wager. Someone who will then have something to use as leverage against us. It's not a particularly reassuring thought, is it? Your, your description of the young mage you discovered attempting to take the piece of the emblazoned key greatly interests Amitara. When you describe the encounter, including with the mage's death at the hands of another spellcaster, she notes she nods grimly. We know what we're up against. Either we're not, not sure of all motives and intentions, she says. Even with just a single piece of the, of the key, those who desire its completion for reasons opposed to our own, or even power low to our own, will leave us in an untenable situation. We need to move quickly, but we must first know where to go and what to look for when we get there. We can discount nothing of what Wedleg has told you, even if only because without it we have nothing else. Emmetella falls silent and casts her wary gaze around the perimeter of the broad clearing. For the first time since returning to this spot, you take note of the overcast sky, the churning ceiling of 
deep grey clouds, dimly lit by the unseen, sinking sun, betrays the approaching onset of dusk. I'll send, I'll send someone to Quillbox, says Emmett Hara, breaking what has been nearly a full minute of silence. Perhaps we can at least find out whether or not Scavenger went into the caves, or prevent you from heading into an ambush. I don't believe Redleg would, would play us into a snare, but how can we hope to be certain of it? We need a set of eyes in Krulbog, and I know just the pair. Hey, Briggs' next inquiry catches you off guard. She pointedly asks what your immediate plans are, and where you'll next be heading. Your, actor, your answer elicts a single dot, and she again scans the edge of the clearing. Let's meet at the Soundy Goak. One month from now, she says. I think you know where in Talonless to find the old tree. By then, I'll have a better idea about our next move. We'll know all about Krulbog, Malrog, and just a little of luck, we may, may even know where to find Scavenger. Having agreed to meet Englitar in one month's time at the Sounding Oak, you wish her luck and safe travels. She promptly wishes you the same and reminds you to remain watchful, particularly of any new acquaintances. Before leaving, leaving, you give her red legs regards. She seems gently touched by the sediment contained in your conveyance and the brigand's friendly words. I'll see you in a month, Zook, she says, smiling. Take care of yourself. With late afternoon fading into dusk, you and Emmett Harler part ways each of you following a different road away from High Meadow. To only a few moments, you turn and glance back at the young woman you come to appreciate as both a trusted ally and a dear friend. As a receding, shadow-draped silhouette vanishes into the gathering gloom, you find yourself hoping the two of you will again meet, safe and sound in Talonless, beneath the broad arms of its ancient, ever-living monument one month from now and that finishes this adventure with 1024 experience to general and 256 experience to all skills and powers okay let's get to Hawklaw and I can save and another new adventure has been unlocked called the Chamber of Horrors and that's at the Sounding Oak in Talonus. And I guess that will be the next thing we do. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.